I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's comedy clubhouse every Friday. Oh, yeah. Mutant Radio. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha, ha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. I didn't promote the show today. You're listening. It's AltaCast here, high noon at Mutiny Radio. Matthew Quirk is visiting us. He's taking a shit in our bathroom. Because <laughs> he doesn't have... Why would I open like that? Why would I do that? I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm, the festival is over, and it was everything I always wanted it to be. So that's pretty crazy. I always wanted it to be like, my initial idea was that it was going to be comedy summer camp, spring camp, because it's not summer, it's spring camp. I wanted it to be like summer camp, but in the spring. It rained more than I wanted, but and nobody made out, which was like, come on. I, I, I remember, I have such fond, happy memories of being in summer camp as a child and having crushes on people and it being like a week and you meet all these people and you're like, we're all best friends. And then you all go away and you never talk to each other again. But in the comedy community, that is different because I can go places now and stay with people and not in, Hey, calm back off. Not like that. I'm going to stay with people. And, uh, this is uh, the AltaCast. Jonathan doesn't listen to the AltaCast, so I'm going to sing the praises of my new comedy crush. Wait till LaToya gets here. I'm going to girl out. I'm going to junior high girl out. If you guys uh, are fans of comedy here at Mutiny Radio, go look up Carl Berger with a K. I make burgers, and every time I make a burger, and I make, I'm going to think about this guy. <gasps> Tall drink of water, Carl Berger. Uh, yeah, Matthew Quirk is in the potty. He's probably going, ugh, gross. And and it's terrible. He's 28. He's so young. God damn. I'm so old. It gets, it's starting to be sort of gross sometimes. And I'm like this old lady that's... I did some jokes about objectification. I did some rape jokes last night, which actually everyone was laughing at, which was very cool. <laughs> and I realized that, well, this is something I've thought for a while. Everyone's like, oh, I'm being objectified. I'm a woman. I don't, yeah, feminism, don't objectify me. Hey, man, everyone's going to objectify everybody. And now, with feminism, we're allowed to do it. It's equality now. Equality now. I want to objectify 28-year-old comedians. He, Some comedians are too good-looking to be comedians. Like... Matthew Quirk, if he would have done comedy like 30 years ago, he might have been too good-looking to be a comedian. He's one of those sleeper hits where you're like, what? what? I'd, I'd like to see some pictures of him roller skating in the early 80s. I bet he was a, a small glass of water. <laughs> Unlike Carl Berger. Ooh, tall drink of water. Mm. Uh. I'm a terrible person. Uh, I love my boyfriend. I love him. But Carl Berger makes furniture like I couldn't stop like every time I'd be on a podcast with him I'd be like get to know him a little more and I'm like this guy anyways I wish that in the future the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival can be just like summer camp I want to hook up not me 
I like I want a hookup of something to happen where like there's a comic from like Indiana or something and there's like a comic from I don't know like Seattle and they meet and they're like oh my god this is amazing that would be great hope for that someday maybe someday we could have dorms too uh, wouldn't that be amazing if mutiny radio if people are allowed to sleep here i slept here on saturday night don't tell anybody no friday night friday to saturday morning and it's because i had podcasts all saturday day and i woke up here on the floor that was a rough day was that saturday or sunday i can't remember they're all blending together now it was a 9 a.m podcast no it was saturday to sunday i slept here i think I don't know. It's hard to tell. Hey, Matthew Quirk. Morning. Yeah, there Morning. you are. There you are. Latoya's on her way. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna girl out. I'm gonna be like. I'm like a junior high girl. I mean, I realized. I feel like kind of funny because I realized after I started the, the festival started and the boys started coming in the good-looking young comedians, and I realized that the I basically like chose people that I was physically attracted to. <laughs> I'm like, there were a couple comics and then I sort of waited like to find out if they, and I was like, oh shit, well, he's got a girlfriend. He's got a fiance. I'm like, oh, darn, son, you have to plug him in. Sonny Dennis was another one of those really insanely good looking people, like too good looking to be a comedian. Like this big smile and this fun, like just... He was awesome. I really liked that guy, too. Sonny? Sonny Dennis, yeah. Sonny was extremely funny. He was extremely funny and such a nice guy and, and not bad to look at. So Not difficult to look at. Both Carl and um, Sonny were on my Millennials Yes. Gen oh, my X. God. I was so... That show was so fun for me because I was just like... <sighs> was this like a direct insult to me that you pack this with like... You just, you're totally voting for the Millennials here. You become taller, more handsome. You were you were better funny. Looking. You were you were very very funny. Guys, still, I, and like I said, when you were 28, you were probably ridiculously good looking as well. You still you're not a bad looking guy, man. <laughs> not a bad looking guy. But I'm just think about how good looking I was makes me now seem much more ridiculous. <laughs> how I've aged. Hey, I'm not. I I woke up because I, I knew that I I realized on. Saturday morning that I was like, ooh, this Carl Berger, ooh, ooh, and he did all of these podcasts. He was here all the. I got yeah. to really get to know him because he, he did all these extra podcasts. He really was hungry for stage time. Yeah, he did two shows that I know of the night that he did my one show. He did another one, yeah. so that's he's he pretty he fought for that stage time. I guess he didn't have to fight too hard, he right? Didn't have to fight too hard. The casting couch that you have. I around. wish. I wish. I mean. Obviously thinking with your dick. I was, who you abs I was absolutely objective. I didn't realize that that's how I chose people. As I was like, oh, they were good looking and they're, they were, he was extremely good looking. I remember his video too. I remember I watched it a couple times and I was like, mm. because it was hard to choose from Portland because there are so many white dude comedians yeah and so i had to choose and i and i'm a terrible i just went with i just went with my gut i just went with my so lower you, gut you bring up two kind of issues here one of them is this sort of idea how like people's foibles just come up i mean n not that you have like 
superpower or anything, but you are powerful in the community. You're certainly powerful in Mutiny Radio, right. and you're powerful in who you can pick to be on here. And uh, in hindsight, you're like, wow, I, I, I really did front end this with people I find attractive. I did. I realized that. You know, in a moment of clarity, you you sort of picked that out, but you didn't do it like maliciously. You didn't do it to get some side pieces no, while, for the weekend. No, I didn't. I just, but it I, just I shows how now. you could imagine someone with like a little less character in your position or in a greater position. You see how like Harvey Weinstein's become created right with well, a little I less a p- reflection and a lot more power all of a sudden you're just like hey suck my dick for it absolutely you know? I uh I have a boyfriend, so I this is just living in fantasy land. But yeah. oh boy, do I have a comedy crush now! <gasps> oh my god, he's oof. and Jonathan doesn't listen to the show, so I'm not really worried. But <laughs> you didn't do anything. You had normal no, feelings. I'm sure he I, sees attractive people too and recognizes that they're attractive. That's made, not a sin, you know. He made a comment at one point. Something happened, and he said something about. Hot. It was. It was at the women over forty. Th- he said something about hot women over forty or something, and I was just like, "Really? <laughs> but, re- really?" But I didn't. I didn't wear makeup this whole weekend. I never tried to dress up. I never put. Yeah. I woke up on the floor and my face was all gross, <laughs> and I felt like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna see Carl Berger," and I look like this old woman. I don't feel like an old woman of forty-four. I don't feel that. I still feel like a junior high girl. I feel that way and I know that my body is not like that and I know yeah. that my face is not like that anymore you're still very attractive you have a very Cupid like face you have that's, a very young very face it's 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 really uh, obvious though like you have you've it's, maintained a lot of your looks still but and it's obvious that I'm old and your figure <laughs> well sure you you also are obviously not 20 but you've maintained a lot of your figure and all that stuff yes and but you bring up another thing 28 year old comics yeah. oh my god you, you bring up another thing that's burning in the uh, comedy milieu in general Stormy Daniels has started to do comedy shut up Uh, shut up who's that guy Pete Griffin or something like that there's a basketball player uh, Stormy Daniels is doing comedy now porn she didn't why not just keep doing porn and just make jokes in your porns Uh, well it's kind of the idea that you know a good comedian makes it look easy you know and so people think that they can just do it so she thinks she can Uh, just do this but also like um, so there's this one basketball star who started doing comedy too he just did a roast battle the other day with uh, it was probably a few months ago now but it's like you're already rich good looking athletic uh, popular comedy is sort of the area where the kids who got sent to the principals a bit much you know (laughs) The people who, like, no matter who's talking, they make fun of them. Like, we're not the popular kids. We're usually not good-looking. We become funny to get women because we're not good-looking or rich enough. Yeah, fuck this bitch. So Stormy Daniels who, is, doing stand, yeah. is doing comedy now. So to have people that have other options doing comedy is like an insult to those of us who have less options, you know? Yeah, she's already fucking famous. Yeah. So she already has a built-in audience. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Why not call it a TED Talk? Is but she going to be funny? Fuck this bitch. But then to see guys... Fuck this bitch. I mean, seriously. Know, Travis Steelen, Paul Conyers, Joey Avery, all yeah. these like otherwise... Joey Avery. He's uh, insanely uh, Car- good looking. Carl Berger. Yes, he Had these people... It's so like, look, good looking. You can get... A, you can get jobs hired without skills because you're good looking. You know what it's, I mean? Hey... 
you can get good, promotions. Good on them. You know what? Get on them because yeah. women have been using that for years. If guys can start being well, no, objectified in the workplace, bring it on. It's not I objectified. Would, They've done these studies about like the good-looking guys, the tall guys. They get promoted more than skilled, shorter people. Like over the, it's one of those like the like people gravitate towards good look and so it's like I'm leaning into that so these guys who are coming into our loser space uh, with who already have talent and skills and what you know and then you've got to start wondering like I've seen this in action too where someone not funny is good looking and everyone's like oh god he's so funny yeah that's it's like true. no he's not you just want him to notice you and fuck you because he's good looking he's not actually you know and uh, so Stormy Daniels coming taking like there's Struggling women comedians who ought to be selling yeah. theaters. Not this already popular. She already has a skill. She already has her, you know, and it's sort of like a little insulting, you know. Uh, yeah, this is, here's a quote from Prez Hilton. He says, bizarrely though, some people appear to take mortal offense to the fact that Daniels would even dip her toe into the world of stand-up comedy. Yeah, because you've never been to an open mic, you fucking cunt. You've been fucking, fucking putting your cunt out for everyone to do. Yeah. Why you? Oh, it makes me so upset because you know what? We're uh, just gonna everyone's just gonna champion her mediocrity. Oh, look, she takes her clothes off. She's so funny. She's good looking. She's so funny. I'm fuck a, that I, shit, man. I'm not. I, I don't prefer to slut shame. I certainly. I'm watch gonna slut shame porn, it's, but she has certainly fucked her way to a mic. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch porn. I I never have. I I don't know why. I'm too was too Christian to watch porn. Uh, or something I don't know it's maybe it was it's I, not always made for women well and I mean I don't I don't know it's just that's, that's never been my thing as a child I used to read um, Clan of the Cave Bear and masturbate at a certain point in it John Delar man Noria woman but that was all like it was the written word I've never been like a pictorial Masturbator. I, I and this is this is funny. Here, let's we'll get into this. This is a strange thing. I used to I I remember masturbating at a very young age. I remember trying to teach my friend Valerie Duda at five years old how to masturbate, and she looked at me. And she's like, I don't get it. And I but I was doing that before. I mean, if I'm teaching my friend at five years old, and I have a vivid memory of this, then you sound sexualized. I must have been. Yeah. I was masturbating way before that. Early then. adopter. Early adopter, but that's weird. But no one ever, no one ever touched me in a weird. I wasn't like show me on the doll where he touched you. I never had any trauma like that. So I don't know where that came from being sexualized at an early age. But then it's also not with like pictures or porn in simple, any way. It's simple enough as a body knowledge thing. And if your body was developed enough to have the sensitivity there, like I guess I could have performed masturbation at five but I couldn't have resulted in masturbation <laughs> you know what I mean like well, I, babies, I wasn't feeling it yet in that way that it was so special or different or whatever babies get little hard-ons because yeah. I've changed oh, diapers sh- they get little and the, for I've, sure but I'm telling you as a man that's the sensitivity and the peak and all that sort of stuff that you lead to you don't I didn't feel it until I was more physically mature but you're still playing with your pee-pee boys play with their pee-pee fiddle all the time. with it but it wasn't like I would not classify it as masturbation I gotcha. could have mimicked it if someone had showed me, like I'd seen a porno at, at that age, I could have mimicked it, but it wouldn't have been like, wow, I should do this more. It'd have been like, okay, like then, you know, at 13, it's like, whoa, I should do this more, you know, but I got, at five, it just would have been like as if I'd played with my toes. Like, See, it just now been. I actually, I must've had positive feelings when uh, I did right, that because which, they, they would, I got in trouble in kindergarten because uh, my teacher 
Yeah, this has got to be. Hopefully, this is the Poge. Is it Steve Poge? I can't. I'm so old. I can't see. It is. It is Steve Poge. It is. It is. It is Steve Poge. It is. It is. It is. What's hey, up? Hey, I was just talking about how I was. I got in trouble for masturbating in kindergarten. Uh, so I was. I was so uncomfortable and so different than other kids that I would play with myself to feel better. I guess. And my teacher called my mom in to a parent-teacher conference, and I was like four or five, and she said. Your daughter's masturbating in class. My mom was like, she is not. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I, I was. But because it was like, I mean, I guess it felt good. And I and I was so like, not like the other kids and so like different. And which would obviously, if I'm masturbating in class, that would make me more different. I guess maybe that was the problem. That, I don't know. It does sound on the bell-shaped curve of things. Masturbating at five seems pretty uh, outlier. Outlier. <laughs> I know. And and I could read. I came into kindergarten knowing how to read. So that was weird. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm good. Good. I, uh, I haven't been masturbating. You haven't been? No. Uh, uh, is, you're doing a new monk thing? I'm Walmart and I feel uncomfortable. But I don't think to just start ripping out and start jacking. <laughs> is it specifically against your employment rules? Or? <laughs> Maybe yell at people, don't look at me, I'm different. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've seen. Uh, by the way, this is Matthew Quirk here. You probably don't remember me, but uh, you, you would remember me to see me. Do you remember the Quirk? Do, do you remember Matthew Quirk? Old guy. I yeah. I don't. You don't. That's okay. okay. Anyway, uh, Your political humor. No, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I've seen a lot of those photos on Facebook of what goes on at, at Walmart. So I'm not really sure how. Uh, Masturbation would disqualify you from presenting. I've seen some no underwear, well, long no, shirts, and it wasn't that I was no pants. It wasn't that I was little and I had my hands in my underwear. No, like the way I masturbate is even now is like I usually have a cloth between me and my business. So I was like, I mean, I would, I guess, I would, I would. It's a pressure thing. The clitor. I mean, so. People are like, well, where's the clitoris? I'm like, I knew when I was four, and you can't find it? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I, got, I, got, I figured it out. But, yeah, that's how I used to, I guess, try. I was a very different child. Steve, were you a different child, or were you normal? I bet you were normal. You fit in. No, I was really, really hyper and rambunctious. I, uh, I was a little con man. I would talk all the kids out of their toys. I'm like, you should give me that Ninja Turtle action figure for this eraser. This eraser is really cool. <laughs> And so the the teacher would always come up to my mom and be like, he talked this little kid into giving him his watch. <laughs> Steve Pogey, tiny con man. Persuasion is a real skill. I don't know why everyone's complaining. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, I did it. I did the festival. It it was finished. I was so bummed last night. We went out to Asiento and people didn't even drink up the bar tab, which was crazy. And then everyone's like, I'm going home. And Jonathan left super early. And I'm like, I want a party. And so stupidly, I went to Bender's and had two IPAs after midnight, which was so dumb because... There was no reason for it. Like, nobody was there. There was no one to talk to. I'm, like, high-fiving myself. I was sitting at the bar, like, getting drunk, high-fiving myself. I'm like, I'm so awesome! Yay! There was nobody. Every, nobody left. Yeah, every, Everyone's like, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, you're fucking tired? Yeah. You're fucking tired? Are you? Really? Like, come on. I did more yeah. work than anybody, and I want to party. No one wanted to party with me. You have a different perspective than the people who traveled and performed and tried to squeeze it. Like, they had a different goal about coming here, and you were just, you know, looking at it from, like, the one side as it's coming up. You're like, is this going to be a 
failure and then the, the other side it's like it's a success you know your elation is way different than other people's who are like oh I got a flight to catch and, right yeah know, like, yeah there were people driving back to LA last night because they have to work today stuff like that oh I get it yeah one guy's I plan was to get drunk and pass out at the airport yes that was I gave him some edibles too that was Jaron George oh Steve comedy spring camp was so fun I hope you come next year you would leave with a girlfriend I'm telling you Ellen Doyle what a she's just a she was so funny she was there were a couple of comics that I really really liked and Ellen was one of them she was the blonde girl was that the blonde. was there at the end party yes too. yeah 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 yes. she was, she was really funny and 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 I have a new comedy crush on Carl Berger but he's too young he's so young how can I, I objectifying 28 year old men I feel like a, I feel like an old pedophile you're not yeah that, that guy was an adult. He was like six five. Yeah. Yeah. He worked oh. on a fishing boat in Alaska. He was on a. He at one point he sort of like accidentally he was taking something off and I saw his tummy and I was like, oh my god! Like I could. I'd, he even kind of glanced back and saw me like absolutely staring at his naked torso. I was like, ah! Jonathan doesn't listen to this show. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I actually. Yeah, that's, that's what you need a fisherman. He makes furniture, and he's so funny. He was, he was the cook on the Fisher boat, so yeah. not only is he manly enough to be on a Fisher boat, but he can cook. He can, oh, my God. <laughs> this guy, every time he'd be on a podcast, he'd open his mouth, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, and you make furniture. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, God. So I saved, like, in the intro, because I, I hosted the uh, Gen X versus Millennials, and he was one of the comics on the Millennials, and I saved my uh, picking on uh, the CrossFit thing because he just looked so fit and everything. I was like, he probably does CrossFit, so I'm going to do this burned intro him. And then later, it turns out he worked on a fishing boat. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, he's actually more manly and tougher than, <laughs> than oh. I, I thought he was just another one of those fake tough guys who goes to the gym. No, Lumberjacky. So what, what was the um, Steve, what do you think about Stormy Daniels doing comedy? She's gonna suck. She's gonna suck. That's that's absolutely. She's gonna suck. Wait, sucking is good in her profession. Is this yeah. a negative comment or a positive comment? Yeah, not, not, when you, not when you have to use your mouth for words. <laughs> you have to use your mouth for words. <laughs> right. I'm, but it's it's the it's the championing of yeah. the mediocrity that makes me so upset. That she's gonna sell out shows, and she's gonna confuse well, people into thinking that that's comedy, and it's not fair yeah. because she doesn't know what she's doing. And Steve brings up a good oh, point. Dude, Kato Kaylin. Cato yeah. Kalen did comedy? Steve brings up a good yeah. point. She's never really uh, been good at dialogue in the pornos. That wasn't oh, yeah? Really her, that wasn't really her strong suit, the dialogue. It was her big boobs, right? It was the, it was the fucking and sucking. It that was, was her right. strong suit. I mean, suit. that's the thing about comedy. Anybody can do comedy if people will buy tickets to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Can <sighs> she sustain like her co-stars? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, can she, yeah. Mm. Pat Griffin, I think it was. Anyway, he was a basketball star that's doing comedy now. That's like, <sighs> it's sort of like, you know, uh, Mitch Hedberg did a joke about like when like Hollywood producers would come up to him. They're like, it's as if you go up to like a farmer and be like, hey, you're pretty good at farming. Why don't you open a restaurant? Uh, you know, like they're not necessarily relatable skills. Yeah. And like, oh. hey, you're already famous and you're good at talking or whatever. Or like Steve said, you can buy 
sell people will buy tickets to this show for sure yeah fuck that bitch oh everyone already did yeah. uh i'm just i'm gonna slut shame i don't but care. Is, is she gonna do comedy like original material you know like i know is she gonna be hacky as fuck probably yeah say the same old thing i've heard a dozen times talk about the mushroom head or you know the... i mean if, if she talks about donald trump i think that that would be a great ted talk i would enjoy listening to that that would oh, no, be fun. I think she signed some kind of court document she can't talk about. That. A DNR? Something like that? Yeah. She can do that bullshit where it's like individual one. You know, just yeah. keep keep referring to him as... Oh, sure. Wow. I, I don't know. I... Who knows? Maybe she'll apply to the festival next year. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> I was going to say, so what was the high point of the festival? Looking what was the, high, the, the, the underwear show, I would say, was probably... Well, Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse was sold out, so that was pretty amazing. My show on Friday, it's not usually packed out, and I just was like, oh my God, it's packed out. That's incredible. But the underwear show was so much fun. Like, everyone just killed it. And they were all in their underwear. And it was a big guy. Anthony Davis is a big man. He actually has a Netflix special coming out soon, and which is crazy. I'm like, you have a Netflix special and you're at my festival? That's not, That's bananas. There you go. Carl kept saying bananas. That was one of the things he said. Oh, God. <laughs> he said bananas a bunch. So I'm going to pick it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like a 12-year-old girl. Oh, Look this guy up. No, I mean, Steve's like, I fucking hate comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's not looking up Carl. No, I know. Every time I make a burger, I'm going to think about him because I make burgers. <laughs> what was the low point? Um, oh, the, there's a low point. The low point was, um, well, I talked about you, with you on the phone, was Zach Wiseman smoking heroin on stage. That was probably the low. That was my the disappointment nadir of the festival for me. And it was during the disappointment show. And I get it. Journey had a really good set last night on dating a comedy on the on the five o'clock Tuesday show that had people at it we had like nine audience members on a Tuesday five o'clock show like it was a real festival it actually happened it was crazy and Journey had a great set and after I talked to her I'm like I know she talked about dating a homeless guy which obviously is Zach Wiseman and she had very funny jokes about that and uh and I told her I'm like I mean, and it's funny because I work with him tomorrow. He works at Bender's now. I got him a job there. And I'm going to have to be like, dude, it was very disappointing when you smoked heroin on stage. I mean, I get it. We're all going to talk about it forever. And it was actually, I mean, it was a disappointing show. And that was a disappointing thing to do. I get it. It's funny you see it as disappointing because I feel like he delivered on that one. Like he'd always sort of threatened to do it. It seemed like he would. And now now he's done it. It's like, to me, it's not... of course, I don't run a studio. It's not a disappointment. It's like, finally, Zach yeah, stepped finally up to he stepped up and did what he said he was going to do. And you know what? On a, At an open mic, I don't care. But at a show, at, a, at my festival, with audience people, like, some people, even the next day, some people were like, was it a gag? Was it really heroin? I'm like, yeah, it, it was really... And the, some people were like, till the end, they were like, is it a gag? Is it real? Is it not? And I was like, you know, that's not what I wanted people to take away from that show. Yeah. Was I, you know, but... That's uh, outrageous, though. Like, I told... I went to Mike um, yesterday. Because I have a show on the 27th of this month. So I'm trying to just write some new shit and then see if I'll even show up to this or just blow it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, I, would, I told people that at the open mic yesterday, and people were blown away. 
it adds some level of intrigue and interest. And people can listen to the podcast where he's literally smoking. Yeah, it's all, it's like certainly no one's talking about my show. They're talking about this incident. Oh, I'm talking about your show. Carl Berger was on your show. But you're talking about Carl Berger, mm. not me. And, yeah, not you, um, sorry. and he's a lot of other shows. But like, is this really going to help Zach get booked? As, I don't think, as much as it's the biggest buzz going on. Zach doesn't care if he gets booked or not. <laughs> no, but like the idea of like, you know, this is not going to help your career one bit. No one wants to be on stage if that's what you're famous for. Well, he also knows what he was doing. I mean, and that's part of his whole gestalt. The bummer was that he wasn't as funny as he normally is. Yeah. Because I, I, he's one of my favorite comics in San Francisco. I think he's hilarious. Uh Steve Poggi was probably my favorite comedian in the whole world, but he would have been San Francisco, but he left. Uh, but now Zach Wiseman, I think he delivers usually every time when he doesn't smoke heroin. Yeah. Like, I, I know his jokes, and I was like, you know, peak to jump, even jump off, jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge didn't get a laugh because because he was smoking heroin. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that would sort of like take the, the sting out of everything else because people are still sort of thinking about that, not so much listening and following along to yeah. his comedy. I mean, it didn't matter too much in that it, there weren't a lot of people at that show. It was, this, But it was the second show of the festival. I'm like, this is how we're kicking it off, really? Awesome. Right. Yeah, but then the show after that was Pam Dassey's Comedy Clubhouse, and it was sold out. It was amazing. It was great. I don't know. I was so happy. Cool. It was so weird. And then I listened to my set, and it wasn't that good. I because <laughs> I because I was so excited about all the people and everybody coming in, and I riffed like way too much and went off the rails. Same thing on the second show. I hosted the Pets show. I was. So I was like deliriously tired. It was Sunday night. I, I'd slept at the station the morning before. I'd been there all day. I hadn't eaten. Like that was the thing that was a bummer. Is uh, Jonathan had to work and stuff, so he couldn't necessarily take care of me. And there was I had no handler. There was no one helping me. Like yesterday, I didn't eat at all. Right. And even now, I I didn't couldn't. I went home and there was no food at home. And I woke up this morning and I thought there was this bag and there was no food. So I haven't eaten in like 48 hours. But that's because I've got no one to take care of me because I was so busy taking care of everybody else. Even at the party last night, I didn't eat because I was like, I don't know how much food there is. I don't want to take any food. I want everyone to enjoy Fuck the food. Fuck that. You should have eaten. I should have eaten and I didn't. And so I just, I don't have, I've realized like... Next year, I have to have a volunteer space every day to have a person to go get me. I'd be like, you're a volunteer. Your job is to make sure. I didn't have any water. On Monday, the whole day, I had no water because I couldn't leave the studio. I was here running the board the whole time. I couldn't even go get, like, there was just, nobody was facilitating my needs at all. But I was facilitating everybody's needs. So that's fine. In fairness to everyone, you know, did you ask for help in that way? Like, go get me bottled water. Go get me a sandwich. I should have. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't ask. But I kind of hoped that people would be like, "Look, you've been here all day." Well, it's hard for us uh, to know. We show. Uh, yeah, we show for an hour and volunteer and leave. We don't realize that you right. were here for six, eight hours. Right. Yeah, Damn more like twelve. Basic human function. Right. I have to ask for help. People say I don't ask for help, but I kind of was like, "Look, you see me here." Help me. People walk over. The homeless taking a shit. That's okay? true. It's Fair hard enough. for us to... If we turn on our empathy a little bit here, we will just be destroyed by the human misery on the street. So That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Let's compare me to a homeless person. I'm actually in the Church of Drunken Hobosity. I I was so tired when I got home last night. Um, I'm still... I slept in my bra. 
I woke up and I just put pants on and, and brushed my teeth and left. I'm wearing the same clothes I was wearing yesterday. But it's the Church of Drunken Obosity. I was like, I was wearing the shirt. I woke up. I had to get on the bus and get here. I, I like totally reek of alcohol. I'm sure of it. I want I want a beer so badly, but I have to work tonight. I have to work from six to midnight. So I, I don't, I mean, I have to wait to drink till then, I think. You better eat something and take yeah. a nap. I don't have time. I have shows. I know it's never ending. I do this to There's myself. There's one thing if you party at work, but you can't party and then show up to work. Right. That's true. Once I get to work, I can party. I, I, I hope it's slow tonight. Oh my God. I have to. I have to. So are you I, training Zach today? No, Zach's trained. He knows what's going on. Um, is, he, is he cooking? Yeah, he's cooking. I think that I don't think he's on with me tonight. I think I'm on tonight with Shane, maybe. But the problem is, I gotta be point of sales, and I do the fryer. That's like my biz. And I wish I could switch places with him. Be like, let me do the burgers. Don't make me interact with people, because I already like have that sort of like hungover headachey thing happening <laughs> I need to eat some pot treats I'll be fine don't worry about me I'll survive I can't believe that I, there's so many podcasts Steve um, tell us about that tell Matthew Quirk and, and our listening audience about the crazy drug you got that's supposed to make you not want to drink what? Oh, uh, well it's not supposed to make you not want to drink it's supposed to prevent you from binge drinking prevent you from binge drinking when i drink i i am what i would consider a trigger drinker and that if something really good happens i drink to celebrate something really bad happens i drink to forget uh so if i head out to specifically do drinking there's probably well there was about an 85 percent chance that i was gonna go off the rails and get really really drunk and uh blackout kind of do all kinds of fucking shit so in trying to aid people with addiction they've done some more study on drinking uh, it used to be just if you had any type of issue with drinking you just kind of got thrown into the AA or the rehab which is uh, you know you're with people that drink every day to the point where they're physically dependent along with people who are similar to me who can go the whole week without drinking, but once the weekend hits, you know, they let all the birds out of the bag. <laughs> uh, so this pill that they prescribe, oh, the, so the people that drink like me with the binge drinking are diagnosed as AUD, which is alcohol usage disorder, which is kind of like a newer term. I think I got uh, that AUD. Yeah, it falls into the uh, Sinclair method of treatment, if you want to do that. And uh, they prescribe you this uh, medication called, it's Nex something, I don't remember the name, I don't have the bottle in front of me, Nexalome or something like that. And uh, basically you take it an hour before you go out drinking, and the medication uh, blocks your opioid receptors. So you don't get a sensation of the pleasure or the high drinking as like a mental fixation. It's more of just like a beer is just kind of the same as a soda <sighs> kind of a mentality. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll use this. I don't really feel like drinking, but I had some friends in the town. Uh, Mike Anthony works for TMZ. 
Ooh. And uh, he's a, been a long-standing friend of mine. He lives. Uh, he used to live out here. He now lives in uh, Los Angeles. But he was out visiting his dad, and uh, we were going to meet up and possibly go to a bar. So I took this medication in preparation to go to the bar because you have to take it exactly an hour before you drink. And, exactly an uh, hour before. Right. And so I, I took this medication, and then hour came and went and then it turned out that they were just kind of tired they were going to call it a night so I was like okay but it was really weird um, I would say that it gave me a sense of like satisfaction but I don't think that's really accurate I just think it's more of like a, I didn't crave anything or need or want anything um, the, but, the did, but did you have fun did you have any fun I, I, I just stayed home I didn't go out Oh, so you never even went out with your friends? No, they called it a night. They were tired. So I just stayed inside to play video games. But the metaphor that they use to describe how this medication works is um, if you're mowing a, like a big yard and you only have one or two passes to do before you're finished and it's hot outside and you're sweating and all you can think about is an ice-cold glass of water push through and you're done and then you go and you get that glass of water and you take, you know, two big drinks of it, that, like, answers your mind's desire for this water and you feel satisfied. You can drink the rest of the water, you can drink not, but the immediate fixation on it is handled. And that's, like, what this medication is designed to do. Um... But I took it, and then I, I got real gassy, just fucking burps and farts like fucking crazy. And uh, I went to sleep, and I woke up probably like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I just, I I had like a lot of anxiety, mm. just because I can tell like my body is different. And even though I knew the cause of it, it still kind of freaks me out. And so I was like, you're fine, you're fine, everything's okay. And then I just kind of got like this fed up thing and it was like, you know what, if you're going to die, you're just going to lay here and <laughs> fucking die then. Fucking who cares? But uh, I took this on Monday and I went out drinking on Tuesday because I was doing comedy. Uh. And uh, I had some drinks, but I didn't drink to the point where like I was like drunk like slurring my words or anything like that. And you remember everything. There's no blackout. I remember everything. Yeah. A lot of times now, like, I don't, I, I go back and go, oh, man, I don't, I don't remember anything. What, what happened? Was I drunk? And it was like, no, it was just really fucking bored. <laughs> you sat around, you talked to somebody, they told you how work was going. It's just nothing interesting happened. That's that what you sounds like my night anything. last night. I just got drunk. Nothing interesting happened. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, this. I took this Monday at 7 o'clock. I still kind of feel the effects on, of it. Oh. And it's, you're not supposed to take it daily. They have different dosages where you can take it daily, but this is just, you're supposed to take it an hour before you drink. 
And it seemed like it was a little much. But that's so weird because if you're a trigger, if you drink because of triggers, it's like, what, you get triggered and you're like, okay, I got to take my pill. And then you have to wait an hour to start drinking. Yeah, the flaw is that it's like user dependent. Like you need to be participating. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't don't just spur the moment on the drink. Like I've I've been like thinking about it all day, waiting for uh, the opportunity, whether I have to handle stuff or I'll take people to the doctor or fucking work or whatever. Right. Well, so, you're like, I mean, ideally, like I would work and then I'd get home, I'd take the medication, and then I would shower up, get ready, eat something, and then head out. And by then, about an hour's passed. Sure. And you, then you drink your face off. I, well, not anymore. I never heard the triggered alcoholic description before, but it reminds me of a guy I went to college with who would be like, oh, I have this big test tomorrow. I may as well get drunk. Oh, I don't have this big test tomorrow. I may as well get drunk. Like, no matter what, the, like, it, but it was that sort of like either defeat or victory were reasons to just get Blasted. Yeah, Buk- uh, Buka- Bukowski. Bukaki. I almost said Bukaki. Bukowski. Bukowski has a he has a he has a quote that's like, "I drink when I'm happy. I drink when I'm sad. I drink when I celebrate. I drink to forget." And it's this big long quote. And it's and I I yeah. mean I'm the same way. Like I wanted to celebrate last night. I was like, "Somebody drink with me." Nobody drank with me. I drank alone. Right. <laughs> it was okay. It I mean, was, I just I've noticed throughout my throughout, like looking back at my whole life like. I'm a very momentum kind of person. Like, when things are going good, I want them to keep going good, and my behavior adjusts accordingly for the most part. And then when things are bad, then it's like, fuck it, it's bad. Well, I've got $500 credit card bill that I can't pay. Well, I still have, you know, $200 till my limit, so if I can't pay 500 I very well can't pay seven. so fucking let's roll. <laughs> and you do shots, and that's crazy. I did do shots. I did some that. shots last last night. I started off with a vodka and soda. Mm. Uh, then I got a shot. The bartender misheard me and thought that I ordered a beer, so he just gave me the beer. So I had a I had a cocktail. I took my shot and I had this beer with me too. And I drank all of those. And then I got another beer. And I had another shot and another beer. And then I I called it a night, but. Uh, let's see, I got there about 7.30. I left at about 10.30. Never once did I ever really feel like I was drunk or buzzed or anything That's like that. That's a lot of alcohol, though, in three hours. I had, it was 10 o'clock, I, and at the at the Asiento, God bless him, uh, I had three beers, and then I went to Bender's and had two, so I had five total. And I blacked out. <laughs> I don't remember getting home. I... I actually, I wrote, I guess I took out my messenger at one thirty-two in the morning and decided to message Carl Berger. <laughs> and I messaged something. Oh, oh drunk dial. Drunk, drunk messenger, Benjamin. This, this is why it's good to sometimes have a dumb phone. I do have a dumb phone. Yeah. Well, I didn't have his number. I only have a messenger. Well, right. I had my pad. And so I did, and it's it's so <laughs> nonsensical. It was like, oh, I got to stop the bus. Something, and he wrote, he wrote back, ha, ha, ha. Don't stop the bus, fam. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking to me. You didn't drive, did you? Oh, dumb face. This is Toya. Hi. Hey. Did, did you oh, drive yeah. home? You didn't drive, did you? Yeah, I wasn't drunk. Yeah, but with six drinks in three hours. I'm curious. Yeah, does it? Uh, does this pill affect your blood alcohol tests? Like, would it? Got me scarred. Yeah. No, I mean, you still feel 
the effects of alcohol, uh, according to like what they said, but uh, it just it, it blocks it to where it's not like a big a big you reward. Don't feel mentally rewarded. Yeah, got it. Right. Uh, so then you're just paying money for nothing. <laughs> you're like, I don't right. Oh come on, Pam! I don't pay no money. <laughs> Little pieces club. of paper that flow through your hands. I pay money. Hey, you're you're working it out. I wish you'd come back though. I wish you'd no move way, back to dude. California. California, I I got I had to shut people off. I can't go to an area that's infected with people like that. I got rid of Facebook and Twitter and all that shit. I don't want I don't want to be found. I even said that to my set last night. I'm like, see? if you like my show and you want to follow me and you want to see more of me, go fuck yourself because I'm not on social media anymore. I don't want anything to do with you people. You're exposed enough. You, just like you said, you weren't going back to comedy. Yeah. Yeah, right? Back in I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Never quit, I'm, Steve. I'm not, Never quit. I mean, the shit that I did last night, that was a comedy. That was just talking off the top of my head. Like I'm sitting down writing out material. But people were laughing hysterically, right? Oh, yeah. Of course they are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Steve Poggi. Yeah. Come on. It's the I've done it too long. I mean, I can, limp, I can do it piss poor limping set for me and people are still in awe of it yeah a, you can accidentally fall backwards you can accidentally fall backwards into uh, laughter well and you've got to um, you make it a goal next year promise that you'll come to the 5th annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival promise me that you'll that well you'll it all out. just depends on the weather if I've got to work then i got to work yeah, but you could you could come the first. So next if year, if we plan it now, yeah, if you plan it now. Uh, so this year, the next year, I'm going to do because it's leap year and it's 2020. I'm going to do the first through the seventh. You can't so, do the 29th through the seventh. So take possession of that leap day. No, I don't want to. Okay. That's too many days. It's okay. a Sunday too. Got it. Got it. So okay. it's going to be the first through the seventh. And Never I figured mind. out <laughs> rather than um, rather than try to which and I did. I mean, who goes to a who? How do we sell? How do we have seven tickets sold for a five o'clock? Tuesday show, but we did. It was there were people. It's a nice lot of people, like around six thirty. Yeah, yeah there were, it was great. House. It was crazy, and I was like, "How is this? Okay, great." But um, next year, I'm not going to try to do those hard sells. I'm going to do like regular podcasting all week, where all the people who come are on podcasts, so I can get to know them. Like I got to know Carl Berger. Once we get Steve off the phone, Latoya, I'm going to girl. I'm going to junior high girl out. Ooh. I'm going to show you pictures. Look at this. <laughs> Matthew Kirk is not excited about it, and neither was Steve. This is in the five years I've known her. This twice, two years, like only two dudes ever heard her. I mean, besides, of course, her man. Yeah, yeah. But who was the other guy that I dork at? Um, he was a comic here. He was younger. Um, you said you you liked his stuff a lot. He was in his twenties. Was it Travis? Yeah, these young twenties. Yeah. I don't. I, I like them old. I got daddy issues. Speaking of daddy issues, um, congratulations on being single again. Yeah. Oh yeah. I found him a new girlfriend, Ellen Doyle. She's oh. a comedian out of L.A. I feel like they would be two peas in a pod. They have very similar exploits. You can follow her on Instagram at this broken adult. I saw that. She's very funny. And every time I watched last night too, right? Yeah, she was there. She was funny. And every every time I saw her perform, I just thought, oh, this could be Steve's new girlfriend. Steve needs a vacation. That's what it sounds like. You like blondes? I I like. Do you like vaginas? (laughs) He was telling us he hasn't been masturbating. 
Do you find sense of we humor attractive at all, talking Steve? about masturbation. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> remember, remember Radiation Island? Do you think masturbation is bad luck? <laughs> you what? You've been hanging out at Times Beach or something? <laughs> no, that was, that was just one of our questions. <laughs> <laughs> Radiation Island. Yes, never again. <laughs> Close enough, though. Yeah, like, it's funny to look at Radiation Island and see where y'all have gone. Like, you've got Chris Kanatzer <laughs> down, down there in L.A. opening up for Sarah Silverman. You got... Tim Pizza with his movie debuting at the Roxy, and then you got Steve Poggi in Missouri. Chilling with his mom. Is that what happened to Kanatzer? Yeah, Kanatzer is sort of by city now. He lives here, and he does so many shows in L.A. that he's like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. He's been doing a lot in L.A., which God bless him. There was a lady from L.A. named Bama Roger. Yeah. And did she break this? She was professional as fuck. And it was so funny because she was on a show with... I, mean, I don't want to talk too much smack or anything, but Rachel D's been doing comedy for a year and she's moving to L.A. because she wants to get famous. And she was on that same show with Bama Roger and it was like, girl... You, do you see the difference? Like, it's just funny when people have been doing it for a year and they're like, I'm going to LA to get famous. And I'm like, good luck. Suck a lot of dick. I'm like, get out of San Francisco so there's more stage time for the rest of us. And and God bless the people that think that something's going to happen. But, you know, when you look at someone like Bomber Roger and you're like, wow. And she hasn't yeah. like, quote unquote, made it yet. And she's amazing. Yeah, it felt, I saw her set. It was, I thought it was a pretty funny night. It was the, it was the over 40 and hot. Yeah, so over it was 40 hot as fuck. All these milfs on the All thing. these milfs, whole thing of milfs. And she occasionally seemed to get like lost up there and then just reached back in the ether and grabbed something funny and spouted it out. Yeah, she was And great. did act outs and it, and it was just like, but she it was wasn't incredible. cheesy at all. Yeah, she was, I was like, she holy was fuck, legit. this is a comedian. Last night she was great too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the 47 year old lady, right? Yeah, See, I yeah. Know her. And she I know yeah, because she was four or seven. She said it, but she said it later. There were a couple of real standouts. Um, Carl Berger and Sonny Dennis, also insanely good looking, way too good looking to be a comedian. Uh, he's open for Tom Green and shit too. Like he was, I was like, why are you doing this festival? Was, why, who are you? Came was, from Boston. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he was great. Sonny Dennis was great. Um, Carl Berger was I great. think it's because Pam, by this is what, the fourth year? Yeah. Yeah, so by this point... It's more of like an underground scene that's known to the cool kids. Yeah, the, and cool, then, the cool kids all were here this year. It was yeah. super cool. And so next year, what it sounds like, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and start to be... It's almost like how South by Southwest started. You know, it was uh, like cool at one point in time. It was and it's, puny at one time. Yeah, and it was actually about the music. <laughs> and now it's like about films or something? I'm like, well, no, it, South by it, Southwest? It, it, then it turned into about films, which is cool. It's still the same art, art you know, artist. Now it's about tech. It's films. about tech. And yeah, there's a lot of tech. It's yeah. about everything It's now. about everything it's now. Wow. Well. So, I mean, just use that as an example, but just like the groundlings of how this uh, festival started and yeah. you see all these people who have actually been on stage with or open with. Well, and the people from the L.A. People admire. I was talking to Ellen last night and she's like, Pam, you got to know in L.A. you're like highly respected. I'm like, oh, I'm highly respected in L.A.? Like, that's weird. She's like, no, among comics that have been here and they're like, she's the shit. And I'm like, that's really nice to hear. I need to go to L.A. then. I I'm need, going I need to go visit. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm going to try to do an open mic. Oh, good. Someplace. Hell yeah. yeah. Hit up, I, I'll give you a list of names to hit up. Hit up Eric Escobar. He's hey, my man, buddy down if there. if Arden and Rachel D are going to go there and make it big, maybe I should go to fucking L.A. Yeah, you'll be, well, it's, this is the thing though, I've realized about L.A. It's all about how you look. 
Which is why Carl Berger should move to LA. I'm sorry. Do you really I think, think so? Oh my God, I don't so think hot. in the com- in the comedy world. I don't think so. There's some ugly, gross motherfuckers that are in the comedy yeah. world that are in LA. Yes, and 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 fat people make it down there too. But, yeah. But for, <laughs> if you're a male, if you're if, a dude, if, if you're, you're a dude, fat dude, yeah. you could be a great comedian. It's no problem. A- age and weight are the same with women. There's this middle range where you can't be. You can be puny or really young like under 22 or you can be like 60 and up uh, and you can also be like 200 and up but if you're between 130 and 190 there's no space you know you're either playing the fat friend or the hilarious (laughs) sidekick (laughs) or you're hot as shit you know and there's not a lot of oh wow exactly are we supposed to be film right in in hollywood in in hollywood particularly they did a joke about it in 30 rock where Mm. like they accidentally printed that one vapid chick's age is 63 instead of 36 and she was like no this is great now I can be like a, a motherly role or a, what, like it, it reinvigorated her career to be mistaken as 60 Yeah. but if she was mista- you know, known as 30 that then she has no parts no yeah, yeah. and then make I mean you've got it there's a you have to be down there you have to be a part. You have to be a thing. You have to have a look. You have to. There is a game that you play. If there, if there if, is, a, there is a game. Even if my look is is like fourteen year old boy, I still have to wear makeup and look. You know, wear fake eyelashes or but some you shit. Still, but you, but I think also too, it's about branding a lot, and <sighs> I think that's where it is, especially in the comedy world now. I ain't if got you, no if, brand. If you, if you, yeah, you do. You totally do. Like I was yeah. saying last night, you have a fucking platform. Yeah, you totally do. That's why that yeah. that uh, young girl said that you're highly respected down there. Oh. You know, yep. so because you already have they, you already have something because you're not trying too hard, Pam. <laughs> I don't. You try don't realize this. Well, no, I don't try at all. Here's, fuck, yeah. fuck try. Right. I mean, I try really hard at what I'm working on, but fuck the way I look. Here's Who the deal, cares? Pam. Not that I'm some big deal or anything, but in order to get someone from LA to listen to my comedy they've got to listen through mutiny radio like it's still you that they're like you are the con like you're the like I, I, they're not gonna find my one or two clips on youtube they're not gonna you know accidentally see some my facebook posts yeah. or something right. but mutiny radio that you I mean some guy in belarus can hear me but it's through right. you like you have a tremendous have a platform and vehicle <laughs> yeah. and channel, channel yeah however you want to call it yeah. like i was saying last night like what's what is Cobbs? 400 people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you get a couple thousand probably a day well, as long listening as, to Mutiny Radio. As long as I don't champion mediocrity. That's the only thing I and want. And plus like. you look good in a two-piece, so there. In a two-piece. Which is two. great for radio. Yeah. yeah. Ah! The, the underwear show. I wish I could have been on the underwear show this year because then I could have shown off my hot ball to Carl Berger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I they I didn't realize that Bobby Higley he couldn't wear his he couldn't wear his underwear because there's something was wrong with them. And so he switched with Carl Berger in here right over there. They switched underwear and I didn't even see I wasn't even paying attention and I'm so bummed. <sighs> Show me some skin. Wait, this has more questions than answers. What could possibly have been wrong with his underwear? With Carl with um with Bobby Higley's underwear. Bobby Higley is also hilarious. And uh, I think he had, his dick was too big in it. 
Like his, he was. I have a picture of it. I put, it I put it on Instagram, and it was like he was wearing these orange underwear, and like his. It, I, I, I think I think he was like, I can't, I can't go out with my dick looking like this or something like this. And Carl was like, Well, you can borrow my underwear. No, that's a. That, and then they switched underwear. I'm calling foul. You got to go with what you got wearing. He knew it was the underwear show. He picked those orange whatevers. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so the orange ones actually were Carl's. Whatever. The yeah. other ones, I think he was wearing like maybe he was wearing a G-string. It, it wasn't. The point is switching underwear. No, we, that's it's the nasty. idea. We, we want to find out whether you're a tidy whitey or, or a boxer. Or well, something. now we know that he's a he's. How an you gonna switch underwear? That's nasty. I'm mm. sorry. Mm, they did it in the studio and it's I missed it. Did you I say one was it. a thong? I don't know what was happening with Bobby Higley. Oh, he just God. couldn't wear this one kind boo-boo. of underwear, and he had to wear a different kind. <laughs> that's he'd wear a Carl Berger that's underwear. not even. A f- <laughs> we had we had it's different for boys. We had straight and gay yeah, underwear so switching. Nasty. We had heroin on stage. <laughs> oh yeah, we had, I, I, you yeah. You've to tell me about that one. Yeah, the fucking Zach <laughs> well, Wiseman. Now you know everything. Now you know everything. No, I don't know everything. She yeah. mentioned it very briefly that's yesterday, it. so I. Yeah. Oh no, he smoked heroin on stage. That's just, it. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. what he did during the show he was hosting, and and the only bummer. Oh, who's who's hosting it? He was hosting, yeah. Journey was supposed to be hosting the show, which makes more sense because it was the disappointment show. So it's like you know, Journey. She's like, "Fuck me, and nothing matters." And um, <laughs> but she couldn't make it, so she just sent Zach in her stead. Oh God! And so he decided, and, and it was so funny because got to Walker of Flat Black Plastic was like, I think it's my fault. I think it was my fault. I encouraged him. He was back here and he wanted to smoke it back here. And I was like, hey, and he asked me, he said, hey, does this bother you? And I said, I said, you know, go with your heart, man. And he's like, you're right. And then he got up on stage and did it on stage. So then Scott, I was like, was it my fault? Did I encourage him to smoke heroin? Like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I don't think you had any part in that. That was all Zach. Like, he just knew he wanted to do it and did it. Part of me wants to like clap and say wow and part of me is like what the fuck are you doing yeah, I'm, I'm on both fences on that too yeah we're all a little torn I'm a little torn yeah okay yeah, I don't know all how right. to feel I'm like because eh. on one hand I'm like eh you know that's, that was actually a pretty cool move it's, it's, re- but, it's realistic yeah and on the other hand I was like but you weren't that funny when you did it and then I was like uh-huh. well I get the point of it I get it but then on the other hand I'm like I've been popped by the ABC and you, that's what I was just job, thinking about that yeah being done in my place like come on man yeah like, implicating others is a poor move yeah and, that's and, super and also we are doing a comedy show here this isn't just fucking uh, you know performance art right uh, yeah could we have written it off thing. as performance art you think but, well, not, yeah. but this is a comedy festival it's a festival and so if you're so, gonna smoke heroin up there you better be just as funny or funnier exactly and plus on top well yeah absolutely about that but on top of that you don't want people to get the wrong idea mm-hmm. you know it's just like hey this was having a this you know go on for the past several years we want to you want to keep it going i do and not get a stigma about oh shit i don't know about that uh now that, i do now yeah. i want to keep it going if you would have asked me this time last year i was like fuck, fuck it no. we're never doing it again this was never. awful no one showed up but this year it was no big deal because like a lot of my friends didn't show up but they bought tickets anyway so i got their money yeah and then the people who <laughs> people who didn't show up it's fine because um i've learned from last year that you can't have your friends be your fans you can't expect your friends to be your fans if you if you want to have real fans and you want to have a real following and you want to actually do something it can't be your friends supporting you because otherwise you're just a bringer and that's different like being a bringer is one thing but you can't be a bringer forever 
if you want to actually do something. You know what I mean? So like this was the first year where I'm like, I don't know anyone in the audience. That's fucking great. Yeah. yeah. That's a little bit how it should be. Right. And then from there, word of mouth starts to spread. Like, oh, I know a place I can go oh, to. Yeah. That's really cool. And maybe in the San Francisco comedy community, people will finally start to respect me. Fuck you guys <laughs> in the San Francisco comedy community. These little bitches. My two open mics that are run on Saturday or Friday and Saturday By the way, and Monday. All those motherfuckers that come in support, they could have come and seen a great fucking show and I would have let you in for free, you fucking pieces of dog shit. You want to learn about good comedy? I curated these people from all of well I didn't apply and yeah you didn't apply this is the thing that made me so pissed off motherfucking I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out oh uh-oh. fucking Frankie Lee shows up at the show sits down for a second oh how nice oh we didn't charge him he sits down that's fine comes in here in between comedians and goes can I get a three minute guest set and I say no. fuck off man you didn't apply I've got people here from Boston I've got people here from Canada Portland Canada I've got people here from Pennsylvania fuck you motherfucker I didn't say all that but I told because the host came up to me and said can you get a guest set and I said T- tell him to fuck off and I don't know what he said but then he doesn't stay for the show he fucking walks out the goddamn door that pile of dog shit Right? Like, you come in to watch a show. Great, I let you in for free. Welcome. Thanks for being here and supporting. You ask for a guest set, I don't give it to you, and you walk out? You selfish piece of fuckbag. That is... Uh, It is so... I'm never going to book him again. Fuck you, Frankie Lee. You come in here in the guise of support, and nay, it's to get a guest set. You don't get it, and you leave? You sit down for the other 30 minutes, motherfucker, and you watch the goddamn comedy like everyone else. You fucking have some respect for me in this place and the work I've done. You walk in, you don't get what you want, and you leave? Well, also, too. Fuck you, Frankie Lee. You're not even that funny. I'm not going to... You didn't apply to the festival. I had him at the festival. The first year, I had him open the festival because I was, like, throwing him a bone. He wasn't funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. This, I'm pissed off. That's a person who... Yeah. You know what? You didn't want to come... Max Eddie, you didn't want to come support my festival. I get it. You don't support this place anything where you piece of shit. You get up on my stage and you don't even give me your two goddamn dollars. Was he booked? No, he wasn't uh, booked. He but I'm just saying when he comes to do the open mics, he comes and he fucking doesn't pay sometimes. And then he like is snarky. He said fuck Mutiny Radio before. And it's like on my station? Fuck you, man. But so no, I get it when he doesn't come and support. But it's even worse to come in the guise of support. To expect something. To expect something. And then when you don't get it, you're like... It t- you're peeing on the place, basically. Yeah, you basically the, like fuck you then, and it's rude and to the leave person in the middle on of the show. stage. Right. Yeah, there's a fucking middle of the show. You it's walk a, out the door, the door makes noise. Like, have some fucking respect. No for respect. Com- people have no manners. People have yeah. no respect. This comedy yeah. community is a pile of it dogs is. because everybody is. is so fucking selfish. Mm. I did a fucking unselfish act, and I'm not asking that everybody. I do a fucking unselfish act running this goddamn place, and if people don't respect that, I should just not let them in anymore. I should just tell Max, hey, like, well, if you we, don't pay, I should. Put the thing at the door and be like, pay at the door. Well, you had I, an issue with people like that before. You oh, know, I just, have issues. people it, don't even pay their dues here. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm there's. Like, I mean, uh, I, I I used to play at a respectable amateur level of rugby, and you pay like a thousand, two thousand dollars for the privilege. You got to rent fields, you got to buy your own equipment, all the traveling, away games. Sometimes we fly places. It's all out of your own pocket. Like your hobby, the gym membership you got, go do a Spartan race. Those things cost money. You know, like yeah, take everything. pottery class, that costs money too. Right. You know, I teach roller skating on the side. That's money. You know, <laughs> like you pay for my hourly rate. Like you're like like I'm your 
personal trainer. Yeah, but and, I just... and the idea to not pay for this hobby, everyone just wants free stage time. It's like, man, improv, they buy the stage time yeah. so that they can do their shit. Like, you don't know, you know, as much as it sucks that like we don't get to just have rehearsal like a band and all these Even like how bands other pay arts for their, they yeah. pay for their space uh, Floating and, Goat and, has their space and, and guitars they ain't $800 a month guitars ain't free amps ain't free drum kits ain't free yeah you know, like, but they rent space it's yeah so so the I idea that you have to pay rant. a few bucks to get on I mean I, mean, I don't love it but it's real yeah most com- like comedy clubs you know where people do open mics they the the reason why they don't charge you a fee is because you're buying drinks. Right. Because that money goes back to the house anyway. Exactly. Here we don't serve alcohol. Right. So exactly. the least that you could I do. So bad. But I think, I, I mean, again, that's just really, really rude. And that just tells you what kind of person that this individual is. Yeah. Because okay. it's just like, wow. You know, how would you feel if you were that person on stage? It was, I, that's the thing is people from out of town are on stage and the San Francisco comedy community comes in for a second, one of them, and then leaves in the middle of a set. Didn't even wait till the set was done. Didn't even wait. And that was the other thing. He was sitting right here. So that he, he was sitting right there and he got up during the set and he toddles his little ass in here. So he walks in front of the people in the audience walks in front of those people comes in here and then asks and then goes back out the door and leaves and I was when during the same set during the same set now you couldn't even wait until the end when and, everyone and are cl- when everyone's clapping and book if, if Carl Berger would have been on stage I would have beat his ass I would have been like get you respect this shit. funny man. You, <laughs> yeah, protective. Uh, so protective. You, you wouldn't have did shit. Oh, <laughs> you would You'd be like, fuck off. You'd have run the boards like a good girl. Exactly. You'd be like, fuck that motherfucker. Yeah, I wait, I wait till later. I wait, to, I wait to gossip on my podcast. Let me tell you, we all imagine ourselves to be braver than we are. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I do... The reason, one of the reasons why I don't care to do stand up anymore, really, here, because the comedy community is fucking mean and They're rude. They're mean and rude and selfish. And I, like I said, I've been doing improv again, but that's everyone's too PC. Mm, <laughs> there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I and like, like improv. I don't like improv players. I, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it's just no. The, I'm not. I'm not used to the improv people here. They're so uh, they're, fucking soft. They're all autistic too. They're. I'm they're like. What do you mean we can't do hillbilly talk? Are you kidding me? I'm from Missouri. I have every goddamn, fr- goddamn right to sing song like a hillbilly. Sure. That's offensive to people. You know, I'm like comedy is offensive. I, I I'm having improv is not comedy. Oh, that's true. Um, oh, so but also, you, but to be real, we, uh, improv is storytelling. Well, the storytelling that we're doing can be derogatory. Right, exactly. Storytelling is about the story. Like, it's not necessarily about PC-ness or any of that. And the thing is, it's supposed to be the first thing that comes out, you know, in your head. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. how these characters develop into, so... I, I would yeah, yeah. I would I wouldn't be able to stop talking about buttholes. Uh Steve, we're gonna we're gonna do you wanna say do you wanna give us any words of wisdom from Missouri before Ooh. we let you go? Because I gotta talk to Latoya about Carl and this is just gonna annoy you. Sure. Well, <laughs> no no words of wisdom out here. The only thing uh crazy that happened recently is um Saint Charles Target. Uh an Amazon driver went to pick up an order there and parked in a handicapped spot under the impression he was just gonna be in and out just grabbing this order as he was walking inside an elderly gentleman pulled up with a handicapped placard on his car 
uh, they got into an argument. And keep in mind, there's like 12 handicapped spots at Target. But they got into an argument, and uh, as the Amazon driver was walking away, the elderly guy shot him in the back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shit. Over a parking space. Yeah. Oh, did this happen last week? That's crazy. Oh, dumb face. Did this happen last week? Uh, I read the news article today, but it's been up there for a couple of days. I think it might have been over the weekend. Okay, because I heard I heard something crazy like that happening. So I was wondering if it's the same story. They going wild. That's crazy. Even wild now. People are freaking Losing out. Losing their shit. You I'm, got I'm a problem in Missouri. We'll shoot you. Yeah, they love their they love the guns, guns, grits, and well, freedom. Well, you know, uh, there probably were other spots for that Amazon driver too, as much as there were other handicap spots. You know, just take the old man's side. Look at you, old man, taking the old man's side. <laughs> Actually, I was on the old man's side till the shot him in the back part, the and I was like, okay, that's an overreaction. Old timey western. No, Shoot for him sure. In the back. Yeah, for Damn, sure. That's that fool's literally much. gonna die in prison. Fuck Amazon. He's well, literally gonna die. Now in prison. that guy's gonna get that handicap placard. <laughs> yeah, if, he, if he lives on uh, the handicap placard. He ain't gonna last long. Okay, I miss, I miss you, Steve. Yeah, Steve. But take care of yourself. You Love Be you so smart. Much. Don't start. Um, uh, have fun on your next binge. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. Well, It'll be yeah. fun. I love it Good when you're blacked out. Good luck with your sobriety. He's so sweet when he's blacked out. He says the nicest things. Uh, all right, Steve. Love you. Bye. <laughs> that hiss was a bit much. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, I can't... Uh, and I, I didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, talking so effusively about Kahnberger. Oh, God. Okay. All I right. know. When I was... This is a very funny little story. When I was in junior high at summer camp, I had a crush on a, on a boy in camp, and it was a two-week camp. And I decided, like, the second day that this boy was everything. Uh-oh. And my bunkmates got so fed up with me talking about this boy that they started like charging me a quarter every time I'd mention his name and I'd think about him and I'd be like don't say anything don't say anything because I, I wanted because it was a quarter to get a a, a, a lollipop a, a Tootsie Pop at the at the bunk that store the camp store mm-hmm. and so a quarter was like a, a was like a lollipop and you got the camp store opened like from three to four every yeah. day or something you know and so all my friends were like oh they're like this lollipops because you can't stop talking and then they made it into a joke they started talking about him so the, i think it, it, it and then i was like that's not fair they're like you can't say his name you can't say his name i think his name was tate tate T- yes, his name was Tate. T-A-I-T. I remember that from junior high. This is that me- gross? Is that, is this that, music is that got me tripping. Like, no. I'm like, Tate, Tate, Tate. Tate, Tate. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've always been boy crazy. I've always been boy crazy. Ever since the beginning of time. I remember being in first grade and having a crush on a boy. And being like, oh. And he was such a cute boy because he had this awesome scar. Ali Abreu was his name. I remember these You should, things. like, look these people up. I should. He had this awesome scar around his eye because he'd been, like, in a car accident or bit by a dog or something, but he was really young. And, oof, I was like... She was like, hey. I was, And I was, like, in first grade. I have memories of being, like, boy crazy. In, I don't know why I'm like this. Justin, Josh, Ken... Those are my three that I remember from second, third grade, or I think from second to fourth grade. 
this isn't Catholic school. Oh, they're all goofy looking white dudes too. Mm, I love me some good look goofy looking white dudes. Yeah. Cool. I, I want to talk. Fade. I want to talk to Latoya more because she's more talking like my, like what I am. And, <laughs> less, and less, I want to talk less to you, Pam, who are talking about these like tall, young, oh sculpted, six eight pack fucking. Who says he has a six eight pack? He did. The, the, he took these his, tall people. The tall. Like, first of all, it takes like. Oh, 80, you've seen this individual. That, yeah, he, he was, was at the festival. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he. But I've seen. Show me the picture. Okay. I am he, tired of this waiting. I've played sports a long time. Mm. I'm familiar with this type of male <laughs> that is like so tall. Like they have to gain like 80 pounds to lose any of their like ripness because it's they're so tall that they always seem to have like the six pack because oh, their fat gosh. is stretched out over such a long area. So they never get. Well, but when they do, it's just like no turning back. Like they can't turn it around. <laughs> so you better hope that he don't have titties in they're the next then, ten years. They're then they're then these tall guts that walk around. <laughs> okay, here's okay, here's his let's... here's his pretty face. It's not a very good picture, but look how tall he is. See the stage and, and where his head is above the sign, so you yeah. can kind of tell. It's not a good picture, but there's um, he oh, had, he had to be oh, six five at least. Yeah. See if I can find it. These are some from the underwear show. If I heard he was six four, I would say double check that. So in the beginning, I was trying to take pictures of everybody and Instagram them, and then later someone else did, and they didn't have the button on that makes the Instagram go straight to the Facebook. So I don't know. This is the other really good-looking guy, Sonny Dennis. That's he's he's both on my looking. show, by the way. <laughs> trying to just humiliate me. I just. I, Trying to humiliate you. Yeah. Oh, it was the Gen Xers versus Millennials. Yeah, yeah. So, How was that, by the way? It was pretty good. They were all. Uh, Here's a picture of him with a baby. They were all funny. I'll tell you that. Gaula brought. So this is this I would is. have to see him in person. You have to see him in person. He yeah, is. These pictures oh aren't my doing god, they're not because I'm a terrible photographer and, and I don't. I should have had when he put everything on Instagram. I should have had him link it to Facebook. Now, now you because, can follow him on Instagram. Oh my god, he makes chairs. He's different. Okay, so I he was on so many <laughs> podcasts. And she's was, been in San Francisco too long, right? She meets one handy guy, and she's like, oh. <laughs> there are no handy dudes here. And Jonathan, I can type I, well. I, I love my boyfriend. I love Jonathan. I love him so much. And I didn't, I mean, I'm just saying that. You can have oof, your crush. I can have my comedy crush. Hey, yeah, the jo- Jonathan's no slouch. It's just yeah, funny. Yeah, that I, just I, the, you know, an innocent crush, exactly. But just the idea of, like, there are, like, are no actual lumberjacks around here anymore. No. Everyone is, so one comes by, and everyone's like, what? I know he's wearing a lumpy, he's wearing Ooh. a lumberjack shirt too. But he was on Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. Oh, okay. And Renee like McKenna this. has a show on Tuesdays from 10 to noon, and she does therapy for people. She's a licensed therapist, and she does this amazing work, and she's helped me out so much. It's, it's unbelievable how much she's helped me out. Um, the festival wouldn't have happened without the work that she did with me back in December. It, it was so good. Um, but so she does, and I always cry. Whenever she does work with me, I'm always, I'm just a mess. I'm just so sad. I'm just a mess. So he was in here, and she did the therapy on him, and it was such a great show. He like... He cried. He cried. It was like... And so first he's holding a baby, because Gaula brought her baby and he showed in. that he cares. He has this, he's a sensitive man, and he makes furniture. And I couldn't but, like, but he has... Not to sidetrack us entirely, but I think that was part of R. Kelly's ploy. Did you see the interview he did? I saw he, like, part put, of it. I think he was trying to get reach out there to oh. the women in the world, be like, see, I still cry, and I'm sensitive, and I'm hurt. Oh, that interview. I think that's part of why he like totally overreacted and... 
Cry. Use your common sense. Why would I do that again? So you're looking at me confused. Please. R. Kelly did an interview uh, in, in like response to the uh, Surviving R. Kelly documentary. And him being a I pedo. had an emotional breakdown. Yeah. I haven't paid like attention to Two any. days ago. Oh, okay, I haven't oh, paid attention to this, this pop last night. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Very, very recently. So he yeah. broke down because he... People called him out for peeing on people again. I'm no. fighting for my life. I'm fighting for my life here. What do you mean? It's not fair. He tripled down on victimhood. Oh, he's a victim now. Not now. He He's known. He he admitted earlier on that he had been molested as a child. This, yeah, he was a victim from that. And But that the sucks. thing is... Yeah, but however, now he's 53 and should have sought therapy by now. And, like, that and that nigga should learn how to read, too. Uh... But I love Trapped in the Closet so much. Oh, I don't like that shit. I love ridiculous. it. It's so funny. It's, it's so... Ridiculous. Well, this interview, if you, you can probably watch a little bit of it. Yeah. it. That shit was hilarious, too. It was almost like Trapped in the Closet, for real. Um, he did it. But here's my, my, my conspiracy theory thing. Is if My tin hat is tingling a little bit. Um, Gail and Oprah have been on one, haven't they? You got Oprah doing the or the Leaving Neverland or what have you? Yeah, the Michael Jackson, which is bullshit. Don't watch that garbage. And then you got her lover Gail doing R. Kelly this week, all within a week. Like, why does Gail care about R. Kelly? No, she because she's a she uh, works on a Good Morning, not a Good Morning America, a CBS This Morning. She's Gail does, yeah. I have, I am so out of the loop. I, I'm telling you, I'm submerged in a in a barrel of comedy, and I come out for free ice cream days. Uh, <laughs> That's jo- fine. R. Kelly breaks down an explosive interview with Gail King. He's still pretty good looking for a 53 year old. Because black don't crack. He's yeah. He's, uh, there's a picture of him crying. I don't have. I love it when men cry. I find it very because I cry that's, all the time. I feel that's what he was going for. Like he doesn't have to convince everyone, just enough of the population to maintain, like to get some restaurant owner to post his bail. Right. right. Aren't you a, is he in jail? Yeah. Uh, no, because no, some so, restaurant owner okay, posted his yeah. bail. Okay, so you don't know. Oh God, I don't She's know. not we black. Got, we got I, I don't no, know. Everybody anything. knows about this. <laughs> you oh don't my have God, to be I black love not this to picture. Know about this, so I love uh, this still of him. He really looks broken up. He's either a great actor or he's really having a nervous breakdown. Or you're it. just so into a guy crying that you could you couldn't see if he was acting. <laughs> I like. I see. I love but it, honey. He's crying for the wrong. Yeah, okay, so this is here. I'm gonna admit something terrible because I know Jonathan doesn't listen to the show, anyways. Sometimes we get in fights and I say terrible things and I make him cry sometimes. And when he cries, I love it when he cries. I love because he's you so get vulnerable. A little bit. I, I, I think because it, maybe I have like a tear fetish. Maybe because I think you, I think you make him sick? cry so you could admire I, it. I, I don't ever try to make anyone cry, mm-hmm. but once it happens, mm-hmm. I've I, I'm like, oh, he's so sensitive. And I, when the iceberg consciousness, when he broke up with me once at the very beginning of our relationship, I called him a soulless monster. I've been called that. And he'll never forget it. But every time, whenever he cries, I'm like, oh my God, he has a soul. He's so beautiful. 
Uh, but I, I love, I'm, and I don't, I'm, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. I'm a terrible person. Oh my God. So imagine. Is there, Latoya, I, I've got to find out if there's such thing as a tear fetish. A lacrimation let, fetish. Yeah. Go back okay, to so, this Negro. Yes, I love is, that he's crying right now. Okay. okay. I I'm a monster. He's a monster. Down. R. Kelly gave his first interview, blah, 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 CBS this morning. And where was his lawyer? Denying the accusations against him. He tearfully tells Gail King in an emotional outburst, I'm fighting for my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it just like that. Mm-hmm. Turned himself into Chicago police February 24th after being indicted on charges of sexual abuse. The indictment came in the wake of Lifetime's docu-series Surviving R. Kelly, which aired on the cable. I want to see this. What is this? Oh my god! What is this? This is survivors behind. talking about. Oh my like, god! Finally, I love this shit. Like just barely coming to grips with their trauma. I am a horrible person. I'm a there's monster. There's a bunch of survivors this. who refuse to participate or denied, yeah. and, and like so. There's on lifetime, some, go yeah, lifetime. Some, some you got. I mean, you got to excuse his ex-wife though, Andrea. I think there's some shit about her. I I'm don't supposed believe. to do a I bunch of shit for the festival. I'm supposed to do all this. Com- Work and set it up, but fuck it. I want to watch this lifetime docuseries. <laughs> watch it. It's set me really down carrot. on That's the, the motherfucking carrot. couch. That's the carrot. If you get your if you get your homework done, you can watch the series. Oh my god, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. Do they all cry? I can't wait to see everybody cry. I love it when people cry. It's like I think it's like four hours. Oh so my god, like four, it's four hours of my life. Four. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay, so there's something for me to watch on TV. <laughs> And I'm, a terri- I'm, a, I'm a terrible person. Um, okay, so, and he turned himself in. Yeah, so what we were going to explain to you was, so last week, he was, um, he supposedly he didn't have enough money for bail, which was set at one million. Ooh. But only a quarter, what is it, like only a hundred grand needed to be paid. Yeah, 10%. 10%, thank you. Well, a so-called friend of his decided to bail him out. Wow. A woman... Who he had met, I guess, like maybe about a year ago on the Spirit of Chicago boat, which is a cruise that he performs on sometimes. And so she decided to give him the thousand dollars to get him bailed out. Hundred thousand dollars. On top of that hundred thousand dollars, she owns a daycare. Oh my god. And oh oh hey, wait, there's more. So she had a young daughter her and her husband had a young daughter that died i want to say back in 2010 and they got like a over a million dollar settlement so that settlement money that she got from her daughter's death paid oh my god that's so crazy when you think about that and and on top of that the night that he got bailed out the, the night that he got bailed out this is why i know he's full of shit these tears don't mean nothing to me he been peeing, and i've not liked him since the Aaliyah thing i knew he was a pedo then um but he went to the rock and roll mcdonald's where in chicago that was his place because uh, that's an open all night uh, big McDonald's where a lot of teenagers. It's near a high school or something. No, no, not this McDonald's. Oh, okay. Rock and Roll McDonald's is it's like in downtown Chicago. There's two of them. But it's open 24 one. hours a day. Yeah. So and it's so teenagers, teenagers are going to want to hang out. And are there? Try to drink he their legal beers. He went there after he got bailed out by this woman. He went there after. Yeah. He really, really has a thing 
for young girls. That's and that's kind of that's so gross. Why, my gross. thing is this: Why would you get it's bailed out gross. and then go? And he was told Look. he was told not to be around anyone under the age of eighteen. Look, the they say that they, they say that because it's like the test. Like, I know. if I'm really not a pedophile, I can avoid kids and stuff no problem but if i am a pedophile i can't avoid kid and it's and like I'm okay go we'll let you go on your honor just don't be around and then goes straight okay obviously you're 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 you yeah know, you go this is why to, we give you this deal you know the to, thing that's so crazy yeah, though is that it's a truth test can't you just yeah. why can't you just i mean okay I get it. I okay. Well, kids under eighteen. Because you're thinking about it like a normal person, right? But can't he just wait till they're eighteen? Like I still no, think eighteen no, year olds are gross. No, that's not a pedophile's mind. It's like I've heard this before. This I feel guy, like a pedophile, and I'm like twenty eight. We oh were God, watching less. We were watching less than zero. You guys remember that? Yeah, movie? yeah. Great that book. Great you book. Remember when Robert Downey Snell, Jr. is like giving yeah. blowjobs for for free base? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We are watching this movie in college and one of the girls was, why doesn't he just get a girl to do it? Because well, he's gay. I mean, like... And he's cracked out. No, no, that, 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 that's the... the uh, not a junior. The guy getting the blowjob. Like, why does he have to, like, pimp people out for crack? Why can't he just get a girl to suck his dick? Yeah. It's like, because he's gay. Like, like, why can't the pedophile wait till he grows up? Because he's a pedophile. Like, that's why we have the word. And then there's also this fetish. With I don't mean to. I don't mean to compare, but but just the idea. It's like, like. Yeah, you just compared gays and pedophiles. I, 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 I cool. take that part Come back. On. Uh, Come on, Gork. But, but the idea, like, he can't. <laughs> he, he, he because he is a pedophile. He right. can't wait till eighteen. And the yeah. thing is, like, there is there is a large sector of males that like, like young girls, and I'm not even talking 16, like young. Like, there have been so many different stories that I've been reading about, like with these teachers and what have you, and a lot of these pedophiles. Like, there's one it's about this so tw- 12-year-old that was like on Tinder, and she it got is. picked up by 21, a 21-year-old. A 12-year-old on Tinder? Yeah. How does that get past the security? Uh... You, you can lie. You yeah. can lie. But the twelve-year-old wants to be on Tinder. Well, shame on her. She's not fully developed mentally either. So obviously, That's, yeah. But I mean, young girls. I remember we were fast at one point in time. Yeah. So I, I some girls are fast, and also some of them are just like I'm smarter than you. You know that right. you see that in a lot of people. I see that in my day-to-day life now. You give someone advice, they just won't take it. So like you know, imagine a twelve-year-old doing that who can't get their ass out of a jam, who will right. find she a, a real up, criminal that will right. You know, the story goes, she ends up finding out the guy, uh, she ends up telling the guy that she's actually really 12, and he ends up raping her anyway in the back of the shopping mall. Oh, that's terrible. So, like, there, and there's tons of stories out there, but there, I, I'm... When I was 17, I dated a 25-year-old guy, um, and... I don't, and I should have at the time. I thought I was what like, the fuck I am is so. It? What's a twenty-five-year-old exactly. man going to do with a seven? You I can't know, take and him a, to no bar. And yeah, I said, fuck him. <laughs> no, I know that's, but that, I know, but yeah. he took me to his. But the seventeen-year-old's like, how sophisticated? Thought, see how grown up I am. Yeah, and know. so when he took we, he he took me on a date. I can't believe. Well, my parents didn't know. I guess, but he took me to see Cape Fear. I love. <laughs> Yeah, and counselor in his in his romantic, romantic, know, right? and in his car, in his car on the way we he lis- was the we Robert listened De Niro to and she was the Juliet Lewis. Um, 
U2's Zuropa had just come out. I forgot out. about that scene. Yeah. U- U2's Zuropa. Lexus Nexus. It's a, it was a scary movie. Uh, U2's Zuropa had just come out, and we listened to it in his car on the way there. And after, he took me to his house, but it wasn't his house. It was his parents' house. Oh, God. And I remember his room. He took me up to his room, and it was like in one of those houses that's like an eight, like where the the... There were it was tilted the the roof was tilted right yeah like because he was upstairs the attic yeah kind of like in the attic and that was his thing and he started we started kind of messing around and he stuck his hand down my pants but I never wore tampons and I was having my period and so I had my like diaper down there and he felt it and he's like what are you wearing a diaper and I was like. I'm having my period and then things got really awkward and everything stopped and he drove me home wait a minute he's a 25 year see that's what 25 is a good age to still be afraid of periods and let's face it, fucking this losers. guy, what, he, he was still living in his parents' attic. Of at course, 25. Of course, he's yeah. a loser. He can't. But I thought, I mean, he worked <laughs> with me. And he's aiming for 17-year-old. He's aiming for 17-year-olds because he can't handle like an adult. A grown woman. An adult, Well, yes. but I was an adult. I was, we worked at Tony Roma's together, and I was the, <laughs> he was the server, and I was See the See how hostess. smart she was? Oh, and I'm grown up, and he says I look sophisticated. We used to make out in the back room. I do his, I do his side work for him so that. He could get dumped. We and we. This is a funny thing. I'm t- today. I'm off the rails because I'm tired. But um, we used to make out in the walk-in, and so now that I work at Benders and I have to go in the walk-in for lots of things, all walk-ins kind of smell the same. Yeah, and it smells like. Tony Romas when I was 17 and we used to make out in the fucking walk-in. It smells like 1991. It's, yeah, it smells like motherfucking 1991 in this bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> it was actually, I think it was 92. No, I graduated in 92, so it was my senior year. That's was when you graduated high school? 92, yeah. I'm wearing my Letterman jacket. So, uh, By the way, uh, uh, Pam just let it slip. Uh, anyone who's got a really good question to ask Pam, she's loopy and vulnerable right now. Yeah, absolutely. So 415 rather. And Yeah, call in with loopy. whatever you really wanted to know from Pam because I think she's. I it's think we not, got the combo to the safe right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that interesting. Safe. But, man, that walk-in. So every time I go down in the walk-in at Bender's, I feel like this weirdness nostalgic feeling what was his name Does he, he was tall I he was you... tall I remember he had dark brown hair and he I was bet very he was, tall I bet I he bet... was really good looking he was really good looking I bet you he I was bet... really good Man. looking I bet you you hanged out at the high school did I hang out at high school? No, did, no I bet he you didn't. did No, he didn't. He, it was. Um, you do restaurant work, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was twenty-five. So, uh, I was seventeen. This I was the is so infuriating Tony to me. Tony uh, the restaurant work. I I remember in college meeting up with this like in my friend circle, and he was just really like the women just fawned over him, and uh, he had it so easy. It was just incredible, and uh, he was talking about it's like oh you you worked at restaurants you know how it is when it's like slow so you go down and fuck one of the waitresses in the freezer and i'm like what we we never they used to send me to, to the freezer bang. to get them something because it was cold like they yeah. they didn't even want to go yeah. down there i was the one who had to go fetch for like down there and fuck me like what world do you live in yeah. like <laughs> i didn't i in all the restaurants no that never happened. No, we he um he, we, we a, never had like the, he could just get pussy like yeah. a, a spare moment and they were willing to. Part fuck. Of me doesn't even, believe all that hundred percent. I don't I, think that he even finger banged me. I don't think I got finger banged until I experienced college, college with this guy. I've seen how college. They, they fell out of trees for him oh, and shit. God. It was just fucking crazy. 
I think I, w- I wasn't finger banging until college because I remember that <laughs> happening and I remember bleeding on the sofa in my... It was, you know, they gave you a sofa or whatever. It was in the, not in the dorms, it was in the apartments. They gave you a sofa instead of a tampon? How much were you no. bleeding? <laughs> Holy shit. No, it wasn't. I got, it, he broke my hymen with his finger. Oh, I see. And so I bled and I didn't know. I was like, what is this? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. That's why this is, I'm You didn't get, know I'm, about hymens? At that point, I did. I had a hymen until I was. Uh, I know you had it, but so you should have known you had it. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't taught sex ed because we were Christian. My mom didn't. So you got pulled out of school, and no one, no I one got, said nothing to you. I got pulled. My mom wrote a note so I didn't have to take sex ed when I was fifteen in high school because she said we'll take care of that at home. We're Christians, and so I didn't know any of that stuff. So this is very. This is also a very. I'm again off the rails. So. Because I got finger banged and that's how I lost my hymen. I didn't have sex until I was much older, till I was t- twenty. Um, and I well, and then so then I was with my ex-husband, and when I went in, I had this surgery. When I was twenty-one, I had a surgery to take a tumor off tumors off my ovaries because I I'm like a cystic person or whatever. Wow. And uh, when they were in there, when they were checking things out, they said, oh. We can fix this other thing. Is sex painful for you? I said, yeah. And it was. Um, And it's because my hymen wasn't completely broken. And so it's like they punctured a hole through it. So my hymen was still there and it was was like flapping and small. And so I guess my ex-husband. Yeah, my ex-husband's dick used to get caught on it. So that's one of the reasons why people would be like, oh, he's black. He has a huge dick. And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, it it hurts when you fuck. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. But that's because my hymen was never completely broken. Um, it wasn't because of his enormous black cock, which it wasn't because I didn't learn until later when I had sex with white guys that it was actually pretty standard. <laughs> six, six inches was pretty standard. Uh, that's why I, I was never allowed to have dildos. It's a joke I have on stage, but it's a real thing. But so, but because my hymen wasn't fully broken, it was sort of like, I was sort of like an Islamic dream. Like, you know, when they do the, when they do the hymen reconnection surgery, they would have been like, well, this one is very easy. We just do the hymen Halfway there. Halfway there. Uh, but no, they ripped that thing out. When I had my other things taken out, they were like, boom, we're going to get that How old were you too. when that got taken out? Uh, 21. It was 1995. Yeah, uh, 94, 95, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it was, the, the bummer was when I did that surgery, you know, they had to pull me over, pull me, put me under and that's, I saw this cool scar because they pulled out my ovaries and scraped them. The second time they took them out in my late 30s, or early 40s they went through my belly button but back in the day they didn't even have laparoscopic I'm so old do you remember a time before laparoscopic surgery I do so uh, they sliced me open or whatever but when they first gave me the medication to put me under or whatever I didn't go out but I guess it's like truth serum and I was like in a forced blackout or or whatever because (laughs) of the anesthesia they were like do you take drugs and I was like, hell yeah, I take drugs. And I guess I was like, I do acid all the time. Oh, and, I, and I told them all this when I was under. I'm like, I drink like crazy. I love it. <laughs> and um, so when I wake up, I was in all this pain. And they wouldn't let me have the button oh, those to give me. Those they were like, do you? They called my parents in and they sat me down and everything. They're like, so you don't get to be in charge of your own pain medication because when we put you down, when we put you under for your thing, you didn't go out all the way because you do a lot of drugs. And I was like, because I was like, I smoke weed like every day. And I do, I've been doing it. And at that point, that was like, 
I was doing a lot of acid. No, I never did. I didn't do cocaine until I moved to San Francisco, honestly. Okay, good. Um, Right. So I mean, no, I guess I did a little. I did a little. I think what you're saying that was kind of harmless, harmless, right? It yeah, wasn't it was like, like I do all this ass. I do shrooms. I was like, I love yes, shrooms. But in, in, uh, what but year in was 1994, 1995. Oh, okay. Oh, we're still in the 90s. Right. Oh, my bad. So they pulled, okay. they, they, and they pulled me aside. My parents were like, you're a drug addict. Because like, today, I'm, with the whole, they'd give you just so much oxycontin. They're like, oh, you do take drugs? Good. Here's something. Here's some more. Yeah. Get on heroin. Bye. Take yeah. these pills. Here's, here's a bottle of 50. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me be in charge of my own paid medicare so i was like in the hospital like laying there and they've cut my belly open i'm like and they they wouldn't they wouldn't let me um have my own pain medication they stab you and then they don't give you any payment yeah and my vagina too they pulled that thing out of my vagina and then they sewed it up so i was like ow my pee pee hurts and they had a they that because of that i don't know why maybe they had a catheter in. i was gonna say did you have a catheter i had a catheter in too i'm like fuck you guys Anyways, that was one of my surgery days. But uh, yeah, I love drugs. Love drugs. Mm. Love drinking. <laughs> love it. I, oh, I want a beer moral. so badly that's right the now. Moral that's the, the moral to the story. We were on, we were on sex ed, and yeah. now we are. Yeah. We were on pedophilia. Yeah, right. yeah well, yeah. and that's, I mean, and I like, Crying I love me men. some young boys, but they got to be like, they got to be over 21. They got to yeah, be able to buy me a there drink. There is a difference between being a puma versus a pedo. Yeah. I mean, you are going for more the 28 not the 8 I, I honestly he made me <laughs> right. feel I felt so old just because I wasn't wearing makeup and I didn't look pretty at all this weekend and I was like god I wish I could put myself together and look somewhat attractive for this hot guy I just could I just couldn't you just even. wanted him to notice you yeah I just wanted him he don't did. worry you have power that's, that's but I'm 44 I'm so old I, I no, oh my god I have no idea what Jonathan sees in you he's wimp. so young and good looking you're a I, wimp 44 I've just, I feel like I laugh at your 44 I you laugh at it but you're a dude guys get better looking with age it's true you no, can we be, don't we get weaker and and slower and more forgetful. You don't realize. Uh, Crying grumpier. Look, I just uh, so for all this, you you are just back and forthing about the young hotties that oh. you had crushes on. No mm. one has noticed yet that I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not even on the menu when chicks are discuss. I, I had I was talking to this girl once and her friend came up and was like, "Hey, that cute guy is, is over at the end of the, that you want to talk to is over at the end of the bar, not talking to anybody." And just walked right out of my conversation, go talk to that cute guy, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" If the guy did that in front of a girl, like, "Hey, that hot chick wants to, wants to talk to you," like in front of her, that would have been like a stabbable offense. You know? Wow, that's but it, brutal. Yeah, but like I like all these. That's brutal. But this, you're hanging out with you gotta hang See, out with older. That's people rude. and then they'll be like he's really good looking well my my, my point is that uh, time is cruel to us all that uh, you know you like not be, there's I guess there's arenas I'm on the menu if I'm some sort of fetishy thing that I happen to stumble upon but uh, well do you, Bernice I, I, Yee you gotta go Asian man Bernice that I hot not she's 36 all, like even in the range of She's 36. She's my age. Yeah, yeah, Bernice was 36, and she was talking about she only she did funny, funny jokes last night about how she only dates short guys. Mm-hmm. And five she, eight. Yeah, five eight and low and smaller. Yeah, and she was like, no more. She's like, I, that's my wheelhouse. Exactly, <laughs> Asian ladies. Yeah, go for the Asians. And we, <laughs> I mean, well, I had a group. I had a group of them in here because she does this Argentinian tango thing. 
and I guess it's all over the world. She did a podcast about Argentinian tango, um, Bernice, and she brought in her three friends who she's met through tango, and they were all Asian, and they all have white boyfriends or husbands. Sounds about white. It sounds about white. I mean, when you see that, I see that constantly all the time here in yeah, SF. that's pretty basic. That's very, like, all the white girls are getting left out. Like, what about me, Chad? What about me, yeah. Chad? I, I, and I just laugh. If, I <laughs> too much chitter-chatter. That's what the problem is. <laughs> I, hey, I'm... But, I mean, I don't... The age thing... Uh, mm. I don't... I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it, though I have my days. But... <laughs> For me, I'm not worried about my face. I'm more about the weight because black don't crack, but black do get fat. <laughs> and so that is, and I don't want any high blood pressure. I don't want any diabetes. And That's so, really the worst part of it, like those tremendous health complications yeah. that come with. And especially with my lifestyle, like I don't, I don't drink as a hard liquor really. I do drink not I try not to drink almost every day and I don't drink to get drunk all the time so but drinking is my one vice I haven't did drugs in a minute I don't smoke anymore I try to eat my greens every day but still I haven't eaten any vegetables in six days Ooh, I I, I can't do that. How do I, you do that? I was here. No one oh. brought me any vegetables. I could. I had to. I didn't. I didn't eat. I didn't barely. Oh eat. well, that was because the festival. Okay. Yes, festival. That, yeah. I thought it was okay. Never mind. No, I'm, that. I'm that was a management thing, and I think you, that's another thing you should improve upon for next year. You should have like, you should have donned two or three other like. VP type you that's like okay run the boards for an hour you know here's the thing I'm about running the board lunch, though the, I, I'm so like there are certain people I do trust on the yeah. board but I'm the I hate to say this I'm the I'm the best sound engineer we have so I didn't want anything to get fucked up yeah. so I was like I didn't want so like I let someone else try to run the board on Sunday or, hey, and he it, fucked up like pretty big time, oh and I was like, oh man, and, and so then I had to sort of take over. And we so are you in modern. An we are in modern yeah. times of like to run your food, for you. yeah, exactly. You know, the eats delivery service and the yeah. whatever. No, I I should have taken care of myself better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, and I be smart about lesson learned. Time. I yeah, had people exactly. that were supposed to run the board, but I just I. I run it so much better. Listen, if you that's one of those I, yeah. things. That's what you know. Uh, that's the difference between just being a, you know, your expansion. You have to have faith in others. You know, you got to right. just like even if it fucks up, like dude, this is your problem to solve. You know, right? At least for one hour, I'm eating lunch. I'll be back after. But also, I I like to also be here for every show. I don't want to miss any shows. Schedule better that like yeah. you have like a two hour no. I mean the, I, I Yeah, so. this this time I didn't schedule well. I, I scheduled like uh, on Monday and Tuesday I had podcasts to do from ten AM until ten PM and yeah. I gave myself I stopped it. I did one from three to four, but then the show started at five. So I had to set up the room. So I couldn't even leave for that hour because the next show started at five. So it was like, ah. Yeah. So like the roller skaters that I work with at the church of eight wheels mm-hmm. on their Saturdays, their busiest day, they have uh, lessons start at one. Sometimes there's a two o'clock lesson as well. Three o'clock is like the uh, open skate. They have all kinds of parties and everything. 
Five o'clock, they close down for like two, three hours, and then at seven or eight, Friday, open they open back up. And it's like, that's probably how you should, like, at yeah. a certain point, there should be like a, okay, Dark three time. o'clock, nothing, and then we start up again at six. Right. And, you know. Because, oof. And you should have a secret hidden, you only know about cot here somewhere. Oh, I, I mean, that I, like yeah. folds up and like is hit so no one else thinks that they can sleep here and it's just something you whip out when on an emergency and then goes back behind that. Well, I would have been easier to sleep here but I, and I did on Saturday night but it was cold. Yeah. This place gets cold at night. So, I slept out there and then I woke up and came in here because I figured, oh, the computers will make it warmer. <laughs> but Like a cat, you're curled up on top yeah, of the server. I, I curled, curled up down here and I slept. It was not fun. It was not. It was, oh, it was, no. yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. That seems really sad. Yeah, it was kind of sad. But the thing was that I realized, like, once it was midnight and I knew I had to be back here at 9 a.m., it was like, if I got a bus home, I would be home by 1. Yeah. And I had to be back here by 9, which means I had to leave my house at 8. eight. So I was like, I'd rather take the extra sleep than do it in transport no we all did the math with you right there we're yeah. like fuck it crash here now yeah that's yeah. that's what i did because even that 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 math is not going to work out i mean i've done that too and it's like so i go home and then i'm not like going right to bed i somehow look at facebook or start a routine or get something ready yeah. or blah 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 and then it's like oh it's 2 30 right you know it was a rough now week. i'm falling asleep <laughs> it was rough it was rough i mean um the problem was that last year, Jonathan didn't have a job, so he was here through the whole thing. And so that was helpful. So he brought me food and dog. But this, this year, he was working. So he had his own job. So on Monday, on Monday, I hadn't eaten anything all day. And he was like working. And he drove up his car and dropped. And it, it was so gross. I had to eat KFC. It was so salty. But it was food. <laughs> it was so, it was so gross. It was like, I ate mashed potatoes. Oh, I ate it. No, I was starving. I ate the mashed potatoes, but he didn't give me a fork either. So I had to use the chicken nuggets to dip to eat the mashed potatoes. And then I had the biscuit and then I couldn't even finish the chicken nuggets because they were so salty. And it was like, people eat this. People eat this. You need an assistant next year. Yeah, I need. You need to get like an assistant. Yeah, better. These are like, you should sit down like this week before it gets too far out of your memory and like make a few notes like this, like assistant dead time um, right and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to do five o'clock shows on weekdays that was dumb and yeah. I, I was surprised people were here but a when, perfect way to like set up your dead time like no five o'clock show so maybe no four either so you have like a chunk to, right yeah and then it just started up at six yeah on the weekdays because and I'm thinking about next year because I'm gonna extend it I'll run a regular open mic here during the festival so that the people from San Francisco feel like it's worth it for them to come in and meet other comics. You know, because it'll be like, look, it's an open mic with comedians from the festival and you guys. And I can do the pre-sign. Yeah. I'll do That's the pre-sign online. <laughs> pre-sign online and then and the spaces. There's no there's no in-person signups. It's booked with the people from the festival. You could do... That's a good idea, actually. Actually, yeah. this is what I think you should do. A, like a, like one of the days be like an all-day open from like 6 to 10 open mic Boston style. So they have to introduce the next comic. Oh, that's a good So idea. that will yeah. get them meeting each other. And then it's sort of like more, much more of a hands-off for you. You're doing no scheduling you're doing like you could just give some here's the horn man you know how to use your timer yeah 
and then and everybody's just, responsible for the person after them. You could be around, but not working. I mean, I remember we used to do that a bit more on Fridays and Saturdays where like you would be around, but someone else would be doing all the working part of it. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Like a open, because the, I mean, I get it. People in the scene are like, they're like, <laughs> or all day. I'm workshop. not going to get any. Yeah. All day joke workshop. All day workshop. Yeah. Four and four for like from six to 10. That's funny. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't want people to do it for more than two hours. It'd be a two hour podcast. I, I don't like anything more than two. Hours. I, and for the festival, I really like things to be an hour, but we'll work it out. I, I like the idea of a open mic. And the other thing I'm going to do is. So for Danny Deshi's show, funny enough, no pre-sales, but people were here. We actually sold things at the door, which was great. Um, all the comedians that were on the bill, they all had to leave early for various reasons. One of them couldn't come. The other one had to leave early. Another one had to leave early. So there was no one booked on the show. And so I, I just said to all the people in the festival, whoever, whoever's here can be on who's person for the festival. And they all show, people showed up. They did seven-minute sets. It was really fun. And it worked out. So I was like, next year I want to do a thing where I, do, I leave it completely blank, where it's like, who's left? Whoever hasn't left yet, I got this show. you know, and So that people that are hungry for stage time can get more stage time. Yeah, a final at bat sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, so I, I've, got, I've got ideas for next year. And, you know, hopefully... People will come back. A lot of people said, "Oh, I'm definitely oh, coming back." I'm and I, me- coming I meant back. to mention this earlier with some of the people who like didn't show that they said they would or whatever. Like, you can start eliminating who you like. I know you'd spent like a couple weeks listening to the audition yeah. tapes and such. Yeah. You can sort of like, okay, I've already got like you know the people from this festival. I want to reinvite. Now I only need like. 10 people as opposed to 60 or something right, to start right. chewing from. So you could be like a lot more refining on who you go through and who you pick. And if they turned up to be like no shows or whatever, it's like, okay, now I have even, I need even less and I have a, a, a more refined. Yeah. I mean, I know the, the, that I'm inviting back. I know the people that I've really enjoyed over the past couple of years. And there have been people that I'm like, meh. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person that's like, if you've been in it before, I'm gonna, if you want to come back, I'll let you in. Like, you know, come on. I'm not gonna, although there are some people that I'm like, Meh. there weren't any stinkers this year though. That's good. There was maybe one that I was like, they did the same set every time. And I was like, oh, that's when they do the same set for really all three common. shows. I'm yeah. like, oh, I mean, I like it when they're like an Ellen Doyle and they did different jokes for everything. And Bobby Higley, different jokes all over the place. Because I like to see people do more material, do like use you're on the radio. There's all these different podcasts. Use the time do different material, you know? I, yeah. Don't yeah. do your same set over and over. I mean, I guess that's what some people do, but that, that's not fun. It's no fun. We have two minutes left. Carl Berger, Carl Berger, Carl Berger. No. Um, no, I'm sorry. I was no. Yeah, every time I worry about doing something I've already done, uh, you see the people who just do the same set no matter what, <laughs> everywhere, all the time. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Even though I don't, I'm just, I'm a, I, can, I don't have time to grind at open mics yeah. anymore, so it's like. Does anybody want to come here? But I see so many. Oh, like, come on. I do joke workshop every week. If I hear the same jokes over and over. This is the other thing. It's so funny. Some of the new comedians think that I actually care to, about them and listen to their jokes. And they'll come up and like want my time. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention to you today. Like I've actually told people that like, 
I just wasn't paying attention. I, I really don't. Just because I run Joke Workshop doesn't mean that I'm going to give you comments every time I see you. I No. Like, I don't care. I don't. Also, you gave your time at Joke Workshop. I'm yeah. getting a little sick. So I've there's a couple of comics I've wrote. Some, like, I give them good lines that they're using. Ooh. And it's like, you know, they want to come up to me for like, so what do you think of my set? And it's like, hey man, book me on something. Yeah, like, right. Or I feel uh, the same way. You know, drag me along with you with like, you're going to these shows. Like, if I'm writing some of your jokes and you know. I, well, I, yeah joke workshop I gave I gave a comic a <laughs> tagline not joke workshop so I'm talking like a personal right yeah, no know. I gave a comic a tagline for one of her jokes and it got the what some of the biggest laughs out of her set and I Jonathan I, I nudged him I go that was my that was my punchline yeah it was about being in Missouri and getting felt up and I, I by guys and I, I with the titty I said something about what you don't know if you're gonna get felt up or they're gonna feel you up because they're so fat and she's like oh my god that's really good and I added it and I'm like yeah that was my joke yeah I gave someone her closer nice yeah, a local left I'm like don't forget about your head joke writer here right Matthew Quirk. Little Miss. Little, Matthew Quirk, Matthew Quirk, Matthew Quirk. Where's, where's, when is someone going to have a crush on Matthew Quirk? Yeah, I, I have a girlfriend now, so it's Oh, you cool. do? But I still, you can, I can still have like fat, crazed fans yeah, or something. I should say that. I've got an opening for a stalker. I mean. They're, the, the, my, my, my Just main. the buzz, the buzz about me. My new main comedy hyped. squeeze has a girlfriend anyways. So when I heard on the one show he had a girlfriend, I was like, mm, Crushing that ruins her. my fantasy a little bit. Ha! <laughs> Meow. <laughs> I'm like, I bet she's really pretty too. I bet she's Fucking really. Bitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will stalk his. He's Facebook so good a looking. Bit. If she wasn't really good looking, Pam would take that as a personal affront. I would. I would take it as a personal affront. And she be wasn't drawing like, a lot more water than that. You know what I mean? I'd be like, come no. on. Oh shit. Okay. Oh shit. This has been a great altercast. Thanks for calling in, old dumb face. I miss Steve Poggi. I wish he'd come back. I wish I he think could. He need therapy. Yeah, I think he needs therapy. I think I need. Therapy. I think we all need therapy. No shit, but you I know, think he needs it. Maybe he's right. We're in this fucking crushing city that's just got us all believing in a dream that is no longer real. This dream ain't real. Is it real? I don't even know. This dream ain't real. Ain't no fucking dream. Wake I up. can't even. So th- the San Francisco, the artist mecca, the beautiful city on a hill. Yeah, now it's a shit-stained fucking capitalist. Uh, it is a lot of capitalism. filled with one-dimensional, yeah. one-dimensional fucks that I'm going to pour beer I, for. I'll tell. I'll tell you this though. For today, speaking of drinks, Asiento really hooked us up last night, and I want to give them a shout out. Also, Benders. Thank you, Benders, Subliminal SF, and Counter Offer for supporting the festival. And Asiento, you guys are great. They, I mean, they gave me money. It's so awesome. I mean, but if any rich people are out there, $10,000 would totally change the station. Just more a drop in the bucket. More importantly, this. of all the listeners and downloaders of all the Mutiny Radio podcasts, of which there are many, if you could donate $1, and if you're really generous, $1 a month for all the listening pleasure you get here, That'd that be would be hot. honest. That would you. be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Then our PayPal would get so big and I'd be like, oh my God, I can pay myself. Yeah. Actually, that's what I'm doing later today. Could, I have to go through the money. That's the first thing I have to do. I got to put the money in the yeah. damn, damn bank account so I can pay myself for yeah. January and February. Yeah. You can pay more than a dollar, 
But it would be nice if you didn't pay less than a dollar. Yeah. Okay. It'd be great. Money is good. I, I mean, it's not. It's terrible. It's little pieces of paper that float through my hands. I'm a Marxist, but I still got to survive. We still live in reality. We still live in reality. Uh, we didn't talk. We didn't even mention him once today. Trump, 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 Trump. He's an asshole. We this has been the ultimate. Talk about. <laughs> we gotta say it before we're done. I'm Bye, you guys. Fuck that guy. Bye. Bye. and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures they've got live comedy to small business advice lgbtq friendly to sports vinyl to gutter punk MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long. With your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF 
is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco,